Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Greetings and salutations, adventurers. It's time for episode 125 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind, our weekly podcast that brings you the latest news and community content, as well as some discussion surrounding the upcoming MMORPG, Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. This week, we're giving away some pledges. Also, we check out a community debate about epic quests, see what motivates our MMO players, and end with another The Lore You Know. Holiday season is nearing, and for many of us in the Northern Hemisphere, blankets and hot drinks are a growing part of our everyday lives. So cozy up with me, Desrin, and my warm co-host, Theric, for this week's Rewind. Okay, so for like the first time, somehow, uh, it's actually like raining while we're recording. <laughs> um, it's kind of off and on, but uh, but <laughs> it, it might come through the mic when it starts pouring again. It's it started coming down about twice today, so it'd be kind of uh, fun. Is it, is it like a full-on thunderstorm, or are we just talking about a drizzle? Or is this like, you know, your your area of the world is known for its rain, right? So That's kind of the funny thing about? is like where I'm at in Oregon, though, it's actually not that it's not that stereotypical um Mm. but uh but yeah i heard like one thunder yesterday but for the most part (laughs) it's just it's just rain we usually just get just rain um but uh but yeah it's it was coming down quite a bit Uh, yeah yeah well it's getting cold here we had our we had frost the last couple mornings and i think there was snowfall in the northern part of the province today and i think they're predicting snow next week at some point so it's definitely getting cold. It's definitely so it winter's on the horizon. So it begins. And I'll be posting pictures in our Discord of our massive snowfall as I did nice. last year. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, I'll appreciate that because, I mean, we, we probably won't uh, won't get that. But it, it is tis the time of the year. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. happy to actually have, like, blankets <laughs> on my bed. I'm not <laughs> even going to lie. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good feeling. But um, you got to stay, stay warm, man. Got to stay cozy. That's right. Um, you know what else is super cozy? Uh, mm. Our very warm adventuring party. Um, <laughs> so we've got Ziplocs on the Dark Mer Rogue, Pharaoh on the Elf Ranger, Bounty Coat on the Human Wizard, Screech on the Scar Bard, WikiWoo on the Human Enchanter, Shuriken on the Dwarf Cleric, Horsosaurus on the Human Warrior, Fury Wrath on the Archive Summoner, Pavejo on the Gnome Wizard, Asera Avienda on the Elf Ranger, Churro Dude on the Halfling Direlord, and Galarain Moonsong on the Elf Ranger. So, it is giveaway time, right? Yes, yeah, I'm ready to give away some pledges, man. Excited. Yeah, so, you know, as usual, we always appreciate you guys' support, and this is one way that we get to kind of turn that around for you guys and, uh, you know, pay it forward in a sense, um, especially because <laughs> we have so many people in our in our audience that listen to us all the time and uh, surprising you out don't have Pantheon pledges or, or have, you know, very, very low uh, Pantheon pledges. And um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to be handing out uh, three pledges. So one, the big one is the uh, Black Rose <laughs> pledge, right? So that's a, that's a big $500 pledge. Right. Um, and then two watchers pledges. Uh, so and those are 50 bucks a piece. Yep. Um, and so, all you have to do is, you know, be here for the 
uh, premiere today, right? Uh, <laughs> so I, I just realized I'm recycling notes here. But uh, it's so, you know, be in the chat. Uh, it's the YouTube play emoji. So just at Theric with the YouTube yes. play emoji. Uh, so he'll yep. enter you in the drawing. Um, I'm getting good at this. I'm getting pretty practiced at this whole drawing thing. I've got like my system set up where I've got like three screens going, like one with the randomizer, one with the list of names. So you can't, uh, you can't overwhelm me. So just come at me with those names and I'll, I'll be right on top of it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, in this case, uh, we are encouraging people to stack, right? Yeah, yeah. If you can stack your pledge on top of a pledge you already have, that's great. You know, uh, if it gets you from alpha uh, or from beta into alpha, or if you're really in the good spot and you have like a, a Pathfinder pledge already, um, I believe, um, then you can, it's the Pathfinder is a $250 one and you were to win the Black Rose, puts you into 750 yes, which is does. the PA access pledge. So be great to see somebody get that and the only restriction on this whole thing is that if you've won a pledge through the rewind before uh, we just ask that you don't enter again um you know it just so somebody else can get a chance there will be a time when we open it up again for everybody but we want to make sure that you know somebody new gets a chance at it and it's just uh you know a more uh uh, friendly way to do it yeah well way, let's but, spread uh, spread it out you know <laughs> yeah 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 um but uh but yeah uh make sure to enter into that um and of course you know you guys are awesome you guys make this uh able to happen and uh, able to run our platform and and all that so thank you and if you would like to be a part of the adventuring party i listed earlier um you can drop a super chat in the premiere uh like during the show and uh super thanks in the comments now on youtube uh, and we'll get your name on our you know scrolling banner that uh i don't know why we joke about <laughs> like the scrolling banner is totally great but i don't i just decided to pick on it one day and i love that it's yeah you started you started something that you are now unprepared to finish so we're gonna keep going with this i noticed you recycled the notes and it still says meticulously crafted and i think you should really just stick with that really yes meticulously crafted banner <laughs> just just for your great edification um beautiful and uh and yeah so uh thanks as always though um but i think uh i think we should get into the show definitely all right let's go this week in visionary realms news notes all right so this is our light news week and we're just gonna do a little Twitter uh, circle back because the official uh, Visionary Realms Twitter account put out an interesting tweet at the beginning of October that we never really talked about. You know, it's a good discussion point and um, we always end up having discussions about how Pantheon is breaking the trend of these single player focused MMOs or, or single player very friendly MMOs and emphasizing a group centric approach. You know, but we, we speak of that in generalities and, and we sometimes forget that we need to hone in on what exactly that means because you can talk about the whole game being group centric or you can say which pieces are group centric, which are more solo friendly, that kind of thing. And that's the question that VR put on their Twitter. It talks about one specific area, that being epic quests. So here, let me read the question. This is from their Twitter, part of their community debate series. How much of an epic quest should be soloable? Uh, and then they created a, there's a forum on the threads, a thread on the forums, I should say that if you wanted to give your opinion, you could. And we took our responses from Twitter here because there were some really interesting ones. So Desiree, we'll go through these and, and just chime in here on uh, some thoughts you might have. I've, I've put a few uh, of my thoughts in response to these. So just let me know what you think. Yeah, gladly. 
So the first one we have is from Casa Black. And they said, Epic should be grouped, group quested unless your game is so dead that you can't find groups, in which case you have a completely different problem. So what they're saying is 0%. No solo ability, every step from start to finish should be group required, group uh, uh, necessary. Huh. If you can't, you know, sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, just that that's uh, right off the bat. That's probably a, a surprising one, I think. So you'll you'll see as we go through these how I've sort of structured these responses because we're starting out at basically nothing. No no solo ability, which means, you know, <laughs> it's a pretty that's a pretty uh bold take. Anything when on one end of the spectrum or the other is gonna be a bold take. It does speak to the importance of how Pantheon's group finding tools are gonna be s- yeah. essential. How the how necessary it is that they're going to go with this group-centric approach to the game. You got to be able to find groups. What they say, what Casa Black says here is, you know, basically saying if you can't find a group, the game's dead. I don't know if I agree with that because, you know, you could have a game that allows for different uh, activities. Now, in Epic Quest, if you can't find a group for your Epic Quest and it requires an Epic, it requires a group, um, maybe that part of the game needs to be reconsidered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it... If the game really is that kind of in the dumps that there's not a population to support like groups at all, I mean, yeah, of course you have a different problem, but that, that is saying the game is basically completely dead, in which case (laughs) I don't know if they would be, you know, have the staff to redo anything, but I mean, you know, it, if it was to the point where population was super low, yeah, I guess you'd have to work with that a bit, but I, I don't. I don't know if the population's ever so low that you s- literally cannot find a group. Like we're talking about like maybe even even on the Vanguard emulator, you know, there's well, you get like 50 people and you'll still get groups. It's funny you should bring up Vanguard because that's what I was about to say is I did get to that point in Vanguard when it was live, not the emulator, that finding groups was really hard. The population in that game dropped off dramatically in its latter years. And I, I really had a hard time finding groups, to be honest with you. And I'm wondering about what people listening to this, their experiences have been. Have you been in a game where you could not find a group for something that you needed a group for? Because I think that that is the real fear of making group-centric game is that you're going to create content that people can't complete because there's no groups to be had. Yeah, that's true. And I, true. I, I think that's a very real thing. So when, you know, this this position that Casa Black is taking here on this um, is very uh, it's gonna very like go bold. all out you know <laughs> just it and it's gonna it puts the the game developer in a real uh, you're really committed to making a group centric game if you're yeah. gonna make content that requires every you know every piece of content requires 100% of a group 100% of the time so yeah the next one is a little bit a uh, little bit less on the that end of the spectrum this is from Sean Hamilton and they said, quote, Epic has lost its definition. I think maybe one, uh, 15% should be solo. Uh, sorry, so just 15% should be solo. This should be one of the hardest quests in the game. The more of it that can be done solo, the less stories, becomes less memorable. And if it's too easy, it devalues the item and the experience. So we're now at front gone from, you know, uh, 100% should be group centric. Um, this Sean Hamilton is saying, you know, only 15% of the quest should be soloable. Um, and 
by definition, saying an epic quest is one of the hardest quests. We've talked about this before, Desiree. Like, what does epic mean? Does it mean yeah, difficulty? Yeah. Does it mean length of the quest? Does it mean the intricacy of the quest? Because you can have quests that are super long, but are just super simple. Yeah, or you can or have quests that are tedious. one step. Yeah, I, uh, yeah super tedious. I, I, I'm going to pick on Final Fantasy 14 here because <laughs> that's what I I found a lot of the quests so long, but so tedious. If you weren't like in love with the story, I guess. Um, but you know, epic quests can be defined a bunch of different ways, and and I think that this really speaks to it. So you know, Sean is saying like, you know, uh, it should be mostly group content. You know, I, I I'm gonna read one of your notes here because I I, yeah. I want this to be brought up. But you you say can a solo quest be hard? And uh, I think mm-hmm. the implication of this message is that solo is easy. Um, which yeah. I think is a, a, a further problem that uh, maybe we don't have time to investigate today. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I I don't know if I would equate solo with easy. Um, hmm. So I you know maybe put a pin in that for now. Um, but I do agree that an epic quest should be hard. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't want to equate solo with easy either. Yeah, that's a good point, and I think it's a question that we should throw out to the community, like. Can you think of an example of a solo quest that was very difficult? Like I think the MMO. Final Fantasy Eleven people are gonna okay. jump up if I remember right. Please do because I'd love to hear about it. I want to hear those stories about a solo quest that was very difficult. Because to me, I can't think of one. To be honest, and I'm talking about a hundred percent soloable. You know, I'm not talking about like. A game, you know, like one where it was like you could do everything up until the final step, which was like a raid, right? So yeah, there are yeah. those. Anyway, it's it's an interesting question. Now the next one is sort of where we're now we're now we're approaching the sort of the middle ground. So this is from Scales, uh, Scales. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Anyway, they say fifty percent solo, forty percent party, and then ten percent raid level. They say major milestones should require a larger group, but for the most part, I think attaining your epic should have the majority be solo content you can do when your friends aren't on. So solo content can could also be done in a group, but shouldn't be required, which is an huh. interesting okay, yeah, final yeah. line. And I think that last line about solo content can be done in a group is the way that a lot of modern MMO design has been uh, envisioned. Yeah. Because what you hear a lot of the time is saying, well, you can group with friends if you want to. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, but then we like literally are one shotting everything. There's no challenge. There's no, you know, it's, anything. It's, it's trivial. It's trivial. And, right? we, and no one gets and, anything for it either. It's just like, oh, well, we finished the quest, but I mean. Yeah. It, it's like the satisfaction of, you know, swatting a mosquito with five different people. You know, and it's like, we don't really need that many people to do this. Um, and, and nobody wants scaling. Nobody wants difficulty scaling whether, you know, whether it's based on if you have one person in the group or six people in the group. So I think that that's an important point that I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see Pantheon really, you know, take that approach saying it's optional to group, you know, it you could do this as a group and we were a social game, but yeah. then if you're not feeling like being in a group, you can do it by yourself too. That's, that's a problem. Well, it's funny is that like, that is kind of how Pantheon is going to be just because it's open world. Like there's no, you know, restrictions like that. So it's like technically it, what seems to be the case is that just about anything that you can solo, you could group. Um, but the way that they accomplish that is different enough that I think it 
kind of separates that experience a bit. Well, the the, the difference will be that there is actual group content. Like nobody's going to oh, yeah. want to group up. That's a up. good point. There's actual like group content too. So <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's, if there's better content for a group, people are going to do that and not just do the solo stuff. Cause that's, it would be like, right. It'd be choosing to go on the merry-go-round when you can go on the roller coaster. Right. And it's like, it's just better. <laughs> people will argue that maybe that's a bad example, but you know what I mean? Um, another point that scales makes here, I thought was, you know, talking about, being the major milestones in an epic oh, quest. Oh yeah, I, I like this. Yeah, I kind of do too. I think that that maybe is something where I would focus in on and say like there should be some maybe a couple trivial steps along the way, not trivial but soloable, um, and then the but the but the big stuff has to be group content. Right. So, right. I yeah. I think that's a um, oh, this is a bad example, but like the epic um, weapon quests in uh, in um, EQ two. Uh, like this is the first iteration I know because I I didn't play the however many revisions of them they've had since, but um, there were like miles I would say milestones as in major parts of the quest where you get like a interim reward. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, like you get the fabled version of your epic first, and then you continue to do more of the quest and get the mythical version, which is like the, the epic epic, which required a bunch of rating and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like the idea of milestones where uh, you feel like you've accomplished something. Um, but usually a milestone comes best when it's like right after this head where you have ex- expended some energy, right? Like you've, you've pushed mm-hmm. yourself and then, uh, okay, you get some uh, reward for that. And then you, you know, there's kind of this, uh, not roller coaster, but, you know, uh, peaks and troughs of a, of a quest, right? Just like a story. Yeah. Um, yeah. It gets not at the, the volume is not at, you know, 10 the whole time. It's sort of, you, you scale it down a little bit. You do something, give the, you know, the player a little bit of a rest. Yeah, a little bit of solo stuff, you know, kind of mm-hmm. getting some progress in there when you have time. That's that's a good point. You know, EverQuest 2 was actually brought up a lot in these Twitter responses. I don't know if I included any of that cited specifically, but that exact example of what you just said was mentioned in this Twitter thread. So I think there's something to be learned from that that uh, seemed like a very popular way of doing um, content in terms there of There were some things that were done pretty badly, I would say, but also <laughs> some things that I extremely approve of. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this next tweet actually talks about something you referenced just now. This is um, from Palaver002. They said, uh, I like 60% being soloable. Should have some trade skills in there that make it a time sink. Maybe 25% is groupable and maybe one or two raids. Would prefer if you got a usable version without the raids. Not everyone's capable of raiding. So Desert, this is what you're talking about, yeah. you know, like having a non-raid version. Should there be different versions of these epic items? I, I get from what you said, you think that that would be a good idea? Um, maybe not versions, you know, because just having like fabled and mythical versions, it was kind of like, okay, it, it's, a, it's the same item, but better. Um, mm-hmm. There were definite differentiators. Um and, you know, the mythical one had, like, usually these effects and stuff that really distinguished it. Um, but I I would actually prefer a different item on the way. Like, you know, it's... I it's, would too. Yeah, it's not the end goal item, just worse, you know? 
it's it's more just like it's something just not the end right yeah that makes a lot of sense to me too i I'm not a big fan of different versions of items uh, because if it'll always feel like you didn't quite get there. It'll always feel like you're good, but you're not the best, you know, or like you didn't really do the quest. I would never be satisfied with that. Um, I like what um, Palaver said about having trade skills being a part of the uh, epic quest. And it kind of raises the question that does having a crafter or in Pantheon's case, maybe a keeper qualify it as group I was centric. just thinking that man i was just thinking that <laughs> i mean it's not a traditional sense of group centric you think of a group centric as being kill mob with friends yeah, you know like that's your group. broaden it to just requiring other people right and i think that there's something to be learned there i think there's something to be mined there perhaps that you can do um and and there will be another tweet that sort of brings up another aspect of this because i think that you can kind of broaden your definition of group centric a little bit and we don't need to be so uh maybe so traditional about it yeah i like but, that uh, some people might not agree with that but uh you know that's what we're here to have a discussion about so the next one's uh from mckenzo and uh they this is the one i just mentioned so they said i would love if they were soloable but only with craftables and from others and buffs meaning you have to do some prep work to go on these journeys and allowing for a flourishing economy but there should be some that are for groups so basically building off that last tweet and involving buffs and prep work from other players so maybe you had a portion of your your epic quest where you had to really you know you could only you really wanted to get like just use spirit of the wolf as an example but you had to get a sow to get through this certain aspect of the quest right and that brings in other players i kind of like that um i do think it again expands the definition of group centric to a new place yeah Um, and we we see we've seen this a little bit what do you think i so i i like the idea of considering just getting buffs or prep work to be kind of part of the groupiness um or at least not being completely self-reliant because i here maybe maybe we should kind of separate those things so what's interesting about this is there's difference here between solo and self-reliance. Um, and I think a lot yeah, of people, when they think solo, they think complete self-reliance when solo could mean you do the thing by yourself, but you have gotten help along the way from other people um, in whatever way. And this, you know, buffs is a nice, easy example, right? Um, I, I like the idea of this being, you know, a component but the whole solo for a quote unquote epic quest is I uh, yeah, I'm I'm not all down with the uh <laughs> with the fullness <laughs> of of this uh, suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's always nuance to it and and you could look at it even as like would would getting somebody to help you out with some armor or some weapons is that considered still soloing if you're getting like you know somebody's twinking you out you know like you don't want to go too far with it because again pantheon is about being a group centered game and that's what we have you know i think i i'll speak for myself have really uh bought into and that's what i want and um the last tweet is sort of speaks to that because I think it's a good example. It doesn't, it's not into the percentages because we went from basically zero to uh, these last few tweets <laughs> yeah. being closer to 100% soloable. Um, this is from Rex Havoc. It just sort of says, they say, well, there is epic and then there's epic difficulty. After all, 
Frodo and Sam destroyed an artifact of immense power by simply walking into Mordor. <laughs> I, I like this because simply. it kind of, it's very, yeah, right. I mean, I love that they use that. Where's phrasing. the meme? I need the meme. Where's the meme? Yeah. Where's Sean Bean? Um, so, you know, it, it's a touchstone for this discussion, this point, because there's so many parallels. Epic doesn't always necessarily mean epic difficulty. We talked about that. But, you know, a fellowship, right? A group. Um, does that mean it has to be a complex task? You know, not necessarily. It means that it has to feel big. And I think when you are working with other people, things necessarily feel bigger. Um, the, the monumentalness of the task becomes more apparent. I feel like there's been, there's lots of great solo journeys out there. There's lots of, you know, things that we would might call epic that have been done by solo, um, you know, players or, or a solo character in a story perhaps. But I always feel like when you work as a team and you're in, it's involving other people, there's just a more grandiose nature to it. And I'll just give my overall thoughts on this whole subject. Now, you know, one of the best things in terms of lately, what we've been doing with playing Embers Adrift is, um, experiencing that group content and experiencing group dynamics when, for example, like a good item drops. And we're talking about Epic Quests, which obviously the assumption is it results in an Epic item, you know, and that you get that Epic item drop. Multiple people, including myself, they all roll on it. Or maybe there's somebody that's, you know, got some, however you're distributing loot, not only getting it, which is great, but if somebody else gets it, uh, we had that happen the other night where Stands in the Fire got a, a great hammer that we were so excited to see mm. him get and then show off. And we all sort of like looked, looked at it and you know talked about the stats of it. It was one of the best feelings. Whereas if I'm just solo there, I'm get this nice hammer. Like I'm there all by myself cheering up and down and that's it. You know, go like it me. just doesn't have <laughs> go me. <laughs> so, so I really don't want these Epic moments to be lost on a single being a single person, single solo player in that moment. Now you take that and expand it to an Epic item, right? I think Epic items should really only be attainable with extensive group involvement. So that's the bottom line. You know, you can set up tasks with initial steps that are solo friendly. I think a good Epic quest brings in skills and abilities of some of the other classes, like we talked about uh, with buffs, but more along the lines of needed to complete the task, I need your abilities, whether it's, you know, your class-specific yep. skills or, or passives or anything like that, or racial abilities. I think that's another approach. And not only that, but other people's minds. I'm, I'm talking about human player and their decision-making and their tactical approaches. Adding all that in really makes it a more fulsome experience to me. So when I say epic quests, I would, if we're going to put numbers on it, I would go with like an 80% group content, 20% soloable, perhaps, you know, if it's a 10 step quest, just to break it down a little further, maybe the first two steps are basically the solo parts where you get the quest. Then you got to do some traveling. Maybe you got to map out a certain path or something like that. You know, that chop has talked about travel and the, the experience of discovery in Pantheon being so fundamental and, and part of the game. That's great. That's fine. I think that's where you can really, um, get people in and, and give them that solo entry level. And then you bring in the group stuff and then you're, then you go from there. So, you know, overall, those are my thoughts on this. What about you, Des? Well, I I don't go all the way to 80, I don't think. I, I actually fall more in line with one of the previous responses where I, I think more like, you know, 40% uh, solo, um, maybe another 40% group. And then uh, I, would, I would say about 20% on the tail end uh, as a, you know, raid or at least requiring a, a larger 
than one group, uh, you know, effort, uh, whatever that looks That's like. That's interesting. You know, whether yeah, I didn't I didn't include any raid in my in my breakdown, so it's interesting that you included that because I wasn't sure, you know, like how I wasn't sure how I felt yeah, about including raid level content. Yeah, definitely on the tail end, like, like the, I said, like a climax end. of it, you know, uh, sure because. Okay. One one of my favorite things about the effort quest in EQ two was the you know final bit. You, you literally get your epic as, as like a raid, uh, like that's that's when it, when it happens, and it actually broadcasts it across the server uh, when when each person uh, it broadcasts your name and your guild, which I always thought was very interesting. And all of the global channels and stuff like that, you know, people would be saying like, congrats and it's, you know, all that. And so it's like the guild recognition and, you know, everyone can join in with your celebration, which is something you hit on. And I think is really important. I think the final end of any gain, like meaningful gain in a quote unquote epic quest should be experienced with as many people as possible. Um, Yeah. On that, we're for sure in agreement. Yep, definitely. Yeah, and and I I like the idea of the peaks and troughs. Um, if we're talking about like epic weapons or you know a- anything like that, I feel like there should be interim rewards for sure. Um, just because going on like a long, long quest where you're not getting anything, and you know some of these could take a month, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is oh, if not longer, huge yeah, endeavors. Um, and and so there's got to be something in between. Uh, so I, I'm really, really big on that. Um, but I think the the biggest, I don't want to say the most important thing to me, but the the most important thing I'm thinking of right now is the experiencing things together. And uh, that's the main important part that makes it epic, uh, is overcoming yeah. a challenge with other people um, for a great mm-hmm. reward. Now, the other things that I, I want to kind of throw in here, again, using the EQ2 model, um, would be like one thing that you would consider epic about the EQ2 quests. Um, and I'm pretty sure every epic quest required this, but it might have been specific. Like each class had their own, you know, thing. Um, and there wasn't a lot right. of crossover, which I actually think is a, a huge deal. Um, I don't want there to be a lot of crossover because it was so many games now, like recycle you know, 80% of an Epic quest just so that everyone can, you know, do it together be on the same exact page. Right. But then it's like, for sure, it's not my thing. It's, it's literally the same for everyone. Um, and so, uh, but anyway, there were some, uh, prep work. It was a lot of prep work, um, for Epic quests. And one of the things that I always thought was like super Epic was you had to learn how to speak as a dragon. You had to do the dragon language quest, which <laughs> that's a good one. Which unfortunately, the to speak as a dragon language quest is incredibly tedious. Um, so it's like <laughs> that's where it didn't really pan out. But that's the kind of like prerequisite. That's not like it's not listed or anything. Like it's not like you can't start the quest before you've learned to speak as a dragon. But there comes a point where to progress, you have to know draconic, and um, especially how like EQ2 did the uh, language with like, you know, the text actually being different and (laughs) and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Nice touch, right? But I love that kind of prereq stuff where you have to engage with the world um, ahead of time or, you know, as a necessity to keep going. But it's not, you know, technically part of the quest. You know, it's not a 
tracked thing. It's like, hey, you just happen to need this as well um, for your yeah. journey. And so as non-linear as it can be <laughs> in mm-hmm. that sense. Oh, you just, that's exactly the word I was just going to say. I was going to say a non-linear is what you're looking for there. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't mean like full sandbox, right? But just as many little things like that that you can throw in there, I think adds to the whole experience of, and that, that, you know, that climax of you're finally after, you know, traveling the world and, and learning all these things and doing all these things, being in all of these places and dungeons and et cetera. Now is the time. Like I finally get my thing. And to me, man, I, I, I think that is lessened as you, you lower the amount of players. So if, if it's like if you turn in the quest as a solo and and it gives you this mm-hmm. epic thing it I, I i would be very disappointed right i yeah. and and I, that's why i just that's why i throw the raid in there it's just because when you finally get your thing in a raid you're just around as many people as possible and it makes it as special yeah. as possible yeah yeah, no, I can't argue with that. And I think that's a good point. I was using, you know, when I hear Epic Quest, I, I always go back to original EverQuest. And, you know, to get your Epic, didn't necessarily need a raid level item. You, you could get it without, it was a, it was group, maybe maybe two groups, but, you know, it never was that big moment um, to get your Epic weapon. But then there was planar gear, which was almost as much of a <laughs> reward and as big a deal as the Epic weapon was. I like what you said about the, you know, the different aspects of the quest. There's so many things you can do. Like you were talking about learning a language. I mean, that's not necessarily a group experience. That's more of a solo experience. You're not going to do that as a group. So there's lots of parts that aren't, you know, might not be officially part of the quest chain per se that you can do as a solo player. Maybe there's stuff that even isn't required at all, but just makes things easier down the road, right? Sort of paves the way for that group yeah, content co- that you can do as a solo random player. things like you could imagine mm-hmm. uh, a part of a quest that requires a boat yeah. and it's like yeah. i mean maybe you could get across the water some other way but mm-hmm. ideally you would need a boat and so you have to go to crafters yeah. and the crafters make you boat or or maybe yeah. you have to find a summoner and slowly paddle <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that's those are really good points so so let us know what you think about this like what what are your numbers if you're listening to this you know how much of the epic quests big quests like this should be soloable cuz that's that's what we're talking about here and it'd be interesting to hear other people's experiences and and where your heads are at with that so yeah, we'll leave it there for the VR news for the week. Let's uh, do a quick look at the uh, Pantheon Plus uh, notes. And uh, just a reminder, I want to remind everybody, we've also got uh, Ben and I's fan-made trailer oh, yeah. contest. Yeah, he, he sent a reminder letting us know that December 5th is the deadline for that. And uh, I've, I've put a link to his uh, forum post where details the rules and sort of, you know, what, what he's looking for here in the uh, show notes for you. So if you want to take a look at that. Um, so far, there's entries from myself. Drac did one, Sir Medieval did one, um, 187 did one, and they're uh, they're all very cool and uh, quite different from them from each one other each other one. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> VR is also following this. There's a posting in the uh, forums saying, "Hey, you know, maybe they'll give a maybe they'll give an acknowledgement and just in the forums or something like that when the contest is said and done." And uh, Ben and I is put out his leatherworking skills as a uh, reward for yeah. this uh, contest. <laughs> so if you want a keychain, leather keychain that he's taken upon himself to make, then uh, get get your video editing skills out and throw up a trailer. 
Um, but looking at the calendar for the week, it's a bit of a lighter week. Of course, um, on Tuesdays, we're, uh, we're playing Embers Adrift on the MMO 101 and the MMO 201. So Tuesday night, that's on uh, 7 o'clock, sorry, 9 o'clock Eastern. And it's on Sparrow's Twitch channel again this week, as it was last week, because uh, Drac is on holidays. So Sparrow's kind enough to host it on her channel. And then on Thursday, that's at 7 o'clock Eastern on our YouTube channel right here with uh, me and Des and our friends. So we're having a good time with that game, man. And I just, there's something about it that I want to play it all the time. Desrin, I know you <laughs> say sometimes if we're talking, you're like, oh, I feel like playing numbers right now. I'm like, yeah, I do too. Yeah, <laughs> so. of everything, like it's kind of the only MMO that I have a desire to play right now. Maybe not all the time. Maybe not all the time, but like. <laughs> Enough. It, it's got something. It's got the secret sauce. Yeah. Um, on Friday, we've got our friend Redbeard Flynn has a video. Now, he did a video last week, some concerns <clears throat> with Ashes of Creation and, and sort of where things are out with their development. Well, he's talking about Pantheon. He's voicing some concerns with with Pantheon and, yep. and what he's seeing in the development lately. So, you know, as always, Redbeard Flynn provides really good critical insight analysis, insight and analysis for his stuff. So if you want to get a good, uh, honest review and, and his uh, take on things, it's uh, good, probably a good channel to be subscribed to and have notifications turned on. Another good channel for that is uh, our friend Nathan Napalm and uh, the Cringe Pony TV experience is back for season two, Saturday nights. That's midnight Eastern, 11 o'clock Central to check out the latest episode of Cringe Pony. And uh, yeah, the uh, the schedule for the week, that is it from number, November 7th through to the 13th. And it's also this week's VR News and Notes. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion is all about. All right, this uh, community discussion, um, this one's pulled from our very own Pantheon Plus Discord. Uh, this is from the Pantheon chat channel. Um, so, you know, obviously it's a bit of a plug. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yep. but no, it, it's nice to see some, some thoughtful discussion in there. Um, so we may as well highlight it, right? Um, so this is started by uh, Stonefish, um, you know, well-known community member here, um, who shared this chart. Um, and this is from a survey of WoW players, um, where they're asked to grade themselves from 1 to 100, uh, according to these various um, motivational subcomponents of the game. Uh, right. So, so basically, it's what motivates them. That's kind of what the survey is asking. Um, yeah, and I'll put the graphic on the screen so everybody can see this while we're talking about it because okay, it it's hard to visualize unless you can see it, but it'll be in there. So yeah, and and for the folks that are just listening, yeah, because you know podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I'll give a quick rundown um, of like probably just the three three fourths majority um, for each category, since that's kind of the the important part of the discussion. Um, but, but firstly, here let me just list the categories so everyone can be familiar with that. So the categories were advancement, mechanics. Uh, competition, socializing, relationship, teamwork, discovery, role-playing, customization, and escapism. Uh, right off the bat, like some, some of those I kind of feel overlap maybe a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe a little redundant, but I, I think it's, it's kind of besides the point, I guess. But um, you'll see some of these get dramatically different gradings. Um, and, you know, again, this is a survey of WoW players, right? So um, people 
what they're motivated for in WoW. But I found this really interesting. So let's uh, let's get into the the rating. So again, this is the three fourths majority, um, but I feel like this is kind of encapsulates most of it. Um, so advancement rated ninety two. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I thought that was oh very, my gosh. that stuck out to me right off the hop. That's the number, I think it's the number one thing. Uh, it's actually the number two thing. Um, okay. But okay. Uh, but the next up that scored highly is mechanics at 85. Um, and then this is the big one, competition. Competition hmm. got about 95. Interesting, um, interesting. And you can sort of like break down what kind of competition they're talking about. There's, there's, you know, what are they competing? What, what is the competition about? Yeah. And I, I, I would have loved to kind of look up this whole study. I couldn't find it. Maybe my Google foo was uh, not, <laughs> not doing too good, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so the competition at 95 and then we get down to socializing at 69, um, then relationship at 70, um, which I, I would expect to be pretty close to each other. Um, and then there's teamwork, which goes up to 85. Hmm. And mm-hmm. now we're getting into the tail end. So then we hit <laughs> discovery, which hits an abysmal 43. Um, the lowest on the entire Literally chart. the lowest thing. You know, so very few people in WoW seem to care about discovery. Which is very interesting. It really is. Um, and, and in fact, that's even lower than role-playing. Uh, role playing scored forty six, which you know not much higher, but um, but still, I know there is a thriving role play community in WoW, so I don't want to discount that. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then uh, customization. Now this one, I I didn't put this in the notes, but this one actually surprised me a lot. This came in at fifty seven, and I'm hmm. trying to think like how many Custom mount collectors and <laughs> you know like <laughs> oh this is. This is the transmog motivation, right? Like this is, Uh, I just want to look like, I I really want to craft my character to look the way I want it. That's the motivation factor. Yeah, exactly. So I was surprised that that was actually as low as it was, especially compared to, you know, other other things. But uh, then lastly, uh, escapism, which is 59. But at the same time, I don't know how many people on a survey would say that, you know, oh yeah. That's their primary motivation. (laughs) You know. But, but, you know, a, a little bit of the weakness of a survey, but I still found these really, really interesting. So, um, but yeah, right off the bat, top aspects of WoW um, that motivate a majority of those players is advancement and competition. And then discovery is, you know, way down at 43. Um, Air brought up a good point about this, about why advancement might be like such a huge part. Um WoW has this achievement UI uh, that has pretty much every instance, every encounter, you know, whatever you want to call it, it it's already in there. Um, so even at the start of an expansion, you literally already know how many zones, how many dungeons, raids, you know, factions, special items, or what, you know, all that. You already know all those things you need to, you know, complete. Uh, to finish or whatever. So in that sense, there kind of is no discoverable stuff in the first place. Yeah. So it kind of skews it to, I mean, it's very context specific to a wow 
context because of the way it's set up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but still really interesting, I find. And uh, But yeah, everything in WoW is so extremely quantifiable that, yeah, it's, it probably skews those numbers. And uh, of course, on the competition side, you know, plenty of leaderboards. Um, so mm-hmm. I think especially in the raiding community, which is a pretty good chunk of the WoW community, um, the competition is huge just on trying to push those raids, right? Um mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, Okanair's kind of thought on this seems to be that Pantheon probably won't have this achievement list like this. So I sure hope not. Yeah, that, that's what it, that's what they said too. <laughs> sure, it's hope like not. I sure hope it doesn't. You know, um, just because you know it spoils and reveals everything, um, and so it, it kind of forces not having that. I should say, kind of forces players to you know, actually decide what they want, um, which would, you know, in turn kind of necessitate that exploration and boom, discovery, right? Discovery. Yeah. You know, the, th- the funny thing is, is that because like I said, it's in the context of, wow, you're talking about the game, the biggest MMO ever that's been ever been made or most popular, at least in the West has been metriced and analytic to death. Um, there's been so much, I mean, you, if you don't think Blizzard knows exactly what people, uh, want in terms of, or at least what they say they want in terms of the game, (laughs) you're not paying attention. You know, like this is not, they're not making decisions blindly. They, they have designed the game based on, but based on what players have said they would, they like and what they find fun. But then you're getting into this, a, a situation like this, where you're getting a players responding and it's reinforcing that, but it's only because it's being done. The, it's like the a answers cycle, are being right? dictated. It's, it's a cycle. The answers are being dictated loop, I mean. by the the arena. Yeah, the the arena that it's being um, quest. The questions are coming from. So yeah, you're in a feedback loop here. Where and this is the problem where a lot of these things may there may be some truth in some of these things about what people are motivated by, but we've we've disallowed for any kind of um, variation from this because. The metrics have been so strong and they've just been compounded over the years because of Blizzard sort of and, and WoW dominating and leading the way with uh, MMO design, you know, I guess you could say. So I think this is a really, that's why I think this question is so interesting because it gets to the core of where we're at with MMOs about WoW, the design of WoW and, and it dictating this path forward. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that up. No, that's that's actually really really big um uh, i'm gonna stray off a bit here because one of the funny things about this whole advancement you know advancement is such a huge huge part um so i would assume that's more like you know it's acquiring things it's progressing your character it's you know that kind of stuff yeah i hear advancement i hear progression which which is so prevalent in wow right is and obviously like we don't want to lose progression you know like the so it, it, it's an obvious thing, but at the same time, uh, there's such a, you know, straight track in WoW. Um, mm-hmm. You you just, it's, it's a checklist, you know? It really comes down to a checklist. And uh, one kind of mind-blowing thing to me, and I have to kind of relent this a bit and not trash it too much, is I know there's a lot of people out there, obviously, that like checklisting. Yeah, um, yeah. I am not a fan at all, but I have, I am forced to recognize that a vast 
amount of the MMO audience doesn't seem to care much about, you know, the game, the the immersion, the environment, the the world. It's it's more it makes me think of uh there's a video a long time ago that came out that uh made this kind of joke is this argument, you know, disguised in comedy that wow is cool now and so it's not wow anymore <laughs> and uh and kind of like you know you could extrapolate that to the mmorpg genre and where you get a lot of people that don't maybe don't even care about the you know sci-fi or uh fantasy genres <laughs> that play the game because of the advancement the checklisting the competition the you know one-upmanship right. or, or whatever like it could be in any it could be any aesthetic it could be any uh you know world type thing it could be history it could be historical fiction it doesn't matter what matters what you're saying is what matters is that there's an identifiable checklist i can complete there's a sense of accomplishment that i can do something fully that's what's attractive yeah. about it yeah i mean and that's we're, we're seeing that actually <laughs> a lot lately mm -hmm. where it's like the same formula just with a different skin yeah and you see like you know a good million people flock to it for a few months they do their checklists and then they yeah. flock to the next checklist and uh that is just a very I, I don't even know what else to say about that it's just a very interesting like social uh psychological is. thing right there's a um there's a theory in in psychology sociology um that basically says humans always seek the most efficient, the absolute deficiency in every human activity we undertake. And it actually leads to a type of psychosis. Um, it le leads to feelings of less fulfillment and social disconnection. Because when we do that, we tend to lose all the things along the way, the inefficiencies, the uh, things that are not uh, as goal-oriented that detract from that goal are what make it a give it its flavor and give it its its context and its contour. So, and I feel like you, this is sort of where we're going with this discussion is that we've sort of efficiencyed the fun out of it and made it into something that we also enjoy, but on a different level. Yeah, or for just different sense. reasons, you know, which I think mm -hmm. this chart makes pretty clear uh, yeah. that certain things aren't really prioritized as much as others um, when. Uh, and and I, I'll probably say this a few times, but uh, as we're going through this, obviously this is a Pantheon podcast and we're talking about WoW. Um, but the implication here <laughs> is that like, it'd be very interesting to take the same survey of all of the people interested in Pantheon. Because um, you know, if it's just our like, you know, small community, I feel like it would be rather skewed, right? Um, well, and maybe be a little premature for that right now. Yeah. Once Pantheon's out there in a, in a thing, we, we, maybe we come back and we look at, you know, doing a poll like this, because I, I bet you the results would be much different. I, I think so too, but actually let's get into something that I don't think would be much different. Um, and okay. that's the teamwork score, um, teamwork mm -hmm. and mechanics. Actually, they both scored 85. So that a, it indicates, you know, wow, actually has a pretty strong grouping and rating experience. Um, which I, I think is that's a good sign for Pantheon as well. Um, you know, mechanics mm -hmm. and teamwork is a huge part of Pantheon's design. 
Um, yep. And so it's interesting that there's some crossover there uh, in spite of the games yep. executing those things quite differently. Um, and well, I think, in, and WoW has changed over the years to the point where, you know, I think that's a, probably the root of a lot of complaints of modern WoW is that they've maybe gotten away from that a little bit and people are missing that. You know, I don't know how old this study is. I don't know when it was taken, what phase of WoW it was taken in, because I think that would be relevant. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people still really like that high end, uh, you know, the, I'm not a WoW player, so I'll get it wrong, but like the, the, the high end stuff that requires group work, teamwork, they, that's the part they still love. And they, the, all the other stuff that comes before it feels kind of lame to them, you know, now, and that's the comments. Or, the, or the it's been efficiencyed, you know, like, mm-hmm. as I know from at least a handful of, of WoW Raiders that, you know, push into um, uh, Mythic Plus and, and all that stuff, it's like the rest mm-hmm. of the game is kind of just like their checklist to get to this part where they're challenged and they have this, you know, I mean, this, this kind of goes back to the whole um, competition thing. But but at the mm-hmm. same time, the rest of the game is kind of like, okay, this is the prerequisite so that we can actually be challenged as a group and overcome these challenges, which, <laughs> like, if we're talking about Pantheon, right, it's like, well, Pantheon's just kind of bringing that closer to the start is all. Yeah, um, yeah. So just giving you giving you more of it, giving you giving it to you sooner and in in more accessible ways. Right. Uh, it's like, instead of like doing this kind of, you know, efficiency mundane kind of checklist to get to the point where you are enjoying this teamwork, the mechanics and all this stuff, it's like, well, now we're just kind of <laughs> fast forward that, you know, where, yeah. you know, it, it all kind of goes together. You know, there isn't a prerequisite. There isn't a, a checklist to go through first. There's not a, you know, treadmill. Right. It's like, no, we're kind of hitting that right at the start. And that's kind of what I think is, um, if I had a very positive thing to kind of point out about this, I think this is one of the key areas where I feel like a lot of WoW players actually will enjoy Pantheon. Um, Agreed, 100%. They're like, wow, 100%. this thing that I used to have to grind and waste my time on, like it's it's in the forefront. Um, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but then we get to um, socializing and relationship. Um I'm I'm conflicted about this one. <laughs> they come at this pretty mild, you know, 69, 70-ish. Um, so I, I really can't tell if I'm surprised by how high it is or how low it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, see, the thing with, with this area, I think, is, is really player dependent. I, I really feel like there's a wide range of, uh, you know, some players are very motivated by the social aspect of things and some players that's just an added benefit to them. The progression comes first, the challenge comes first and the socializing is fine, but it's not, it's not the primary driver. Yeah. Yeah. This score kind of makes sense to me. I think it fits with my picture of, uh, the MMO player. If I was to create like a, you know, a general makeup of a MMO player, I would say that the score seems correct to me. Well, what's interesting about this, this is probably one of the biggest parts of the chart where the median score actually differs quite a bit because the median falls all the way to 40. Um, right. Okay. So uh, I think that can say something as well, um, while it might be slightly less accurate. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I kind of feel just how big WoW is 
you know, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people just tend to have friends that play or play with others. Um, and even though they don't have like a lot of, um, I don't want to say mechanics, but like g- guilds don't serve uh, much more of a purpose than just kind of gathering people. Um, yeah. I think their guilds are still a pretty big deal in WoW. Um, just for the sake of the other parts of the game more, more than anything, but you know, inevitably that gives some socialization. Yeah, I think so too. And I think Pantheon is, is going to aim for the player that is um, inclined towards socializing, but is also cognizant of the fact that it's not a glorified chat room. Like we're not creating a, a, a virtual space for people to have a chat room, you yeah, know, like they're, they're yeah. going to keep the game centered. Like it's going to be keeping the game um, in the center and then, you know, building it with a social mindset, you know, like, and it's, that's a, that's a discussion we've had before. Right, right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I do. I do. And I, I think that's totally true. And a differentiator is that um, you could think of one game being uh about so you know designing the entire game around social aspects but not making social uh, aspects like the four like the main part of the game right like this isn't second yeah. life um <laughs> that's right but yeah. uh versus plenty of other games that just happen to add a chat room on top of a solo game you know yeah and that's that's what i'm that's what i'm sort of envisioning when i say that so it's like you know we're we're i think the MMO player that we're um, more aligned with and, and maybe the Pantheon community might be is the one that really craves and needs that gameplay and the, the challenge and the, the interesting things and having other people to experience that. It's the same discussion we just had, you know, having other people to experience that with and be social with makes it just so much better. Yeah. It just, but we can't, we don't, I mean, we want to do that, but we're not going to do it without the game. We can do that right now. You know, we can just hop into a discord channel and chat. You know, like, <laughs> That's true. That's the, there's gotta be some other part of it too. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, as I said, you know, I'd be really curious to see the same survey uh, done on on the Pantheon community. But uh, and while I expect different results, you know, I, some might not be so different. I, I like I said, so, some things I think there's crossover for. Um, and this was, you know, this is about WoW, but it was also about Pantheon. So hopefully, this interested yeah. you guys enough to participate in the discussion. Um, again, this is happening on our Discord. Uh, so you could jump right in if you'd like, and that's the Pantheon chat channel. Um, and so I'll, I'll actually even put a link down below uh, in, in the show notes to where the conversation starts um, with the graph and everything like that. So um, for your convenience, because this is super interesting. So yeah, jump in there. Um, but that is going to be it for this week's community discussion. The Pantheon community is full of cool projects, new people, and things that are just worth sharing. Hmm? What's this over here? <gasps> Look at that. So let's see what we can find in this week's Community Spotlight. All right, just a few quick things on the uh, Community Spotlight side today. Um, first off, we've got our November calendar, as in the uh, the schedule that they released with the newsletter. Um, this is by Sparrow. Um, doing these each month just to get everyone caught up with a little bit of context on the calendar. It's very helpful. Um, so that is, uh, that's going to be linked down below. Um, and ho- hopefully a lot of people are, you know, subscribing to our channel just so when that comes out, they can get the, you know, a video form of this uh, content schedule, which is helpful. 
yeah, go through uh, go through a sub for Sparrow and and uh, get notified when that schedule comes out because she does a good job of just breaking it breaking it down, telling you about it. Yep, yeah, it's it's great. And then the next uh, next one we've got is a Sir Medieval video. Uh, this is I'm, I'm not even going to do the voice because this isn't even that bad. <laughs> uh, this is the item system explained. You know, Pantheon Rise of the Fallen MMORPG because that's got to be in there. Um, adventuring gear and abilities. Okay, maybe I did have a little bit of snark. Um, I, I totally get it. For for the record, like I I totally get titles like this, and I don't judge him at all. It's just it's just the state of things, right? Um, and so and this is uh, this is actually a summary of um, Parting the Veil Live. Um, so this is a bit late because apparently his PC just got completely jacked up by windows like windows completely corrupted while he's making the video so it's a bit late it's a bit late um but if you you know if you want to catch up and uh and also of course he throws his own ideas in there on on things as well so to make it its own thing um so yeah it's finally up uh then next uh we've got a, a new disparate worlds format uh starting to shine through and this one is called pantheon brief october 22 as in 2022 uh newsletter highlights and so disparate worlds uh this is just moxis um doing a quick recap of the newsletter like real quick very short um so like i said this is part of their kind of new uh new content that they're doing um and uh and I'm, i'm liking it i'm liking it so far I am too, actually. And I, I, uh, I like that we had a little back and forth with them last week. I went back when I was listening to it again. I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. And, and uh, I, I like that um, when I did my lore video this week, Sakari actually uh, commented on, I think, tweeted, retweeted or something like that. And, oh, yeah. and said, you know, that was what that was what he was looking for with the Saval Manor stuff. And I was like, yes, <laughs> like goal accomplished, because that's what he talked about in the last one. So I really appreciated them, you know, sort of shouting that out and, and doing a little little twitter uh promotion well yeah it's like i mean just to dote on the community as i i like to i this is such a great part of our content creator community around pantheon it's like we're all kind of i don't want to say filling in the gaps right but we're all kind of like in in little areas and you know there's of course going to be crossover especially as the community grows and that's that's great but we all kind of do something at least a little bit different and um just celebrate each other's content and uh a great example of absolutely that. absolutely um and then lastly uh we've got a new entry by ben and i at long last um <laughs> this is Amonsol's <laughs> focused bloodlust chapter 12 um and that's going to be up on pantheon.plus um, with a linked PDF as well for your reading pleasure. Um, and yeah, uh, did I miss anything, Tarek? I, f- I always feel like I'm missing something. No, no, I think you got it all. Um, yeah, check out uh, check out Ben and I's last work. It's um, it's a good story. It's a continuation of the story, and uh, you should be able to uh, read the uh, the previous chapters if you're not caught up on it on the on the website there. Because I, uh, I I looked at it earlier this week, and uh, yeah, no, I think you covered everything. Okay, okay, awesome. Just a light week, you know. It's just one of those weeks. So yeah, hope, it is a light. Hopefully, week. everyone yeah. enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> right, but uh, <laughs> but that's gonna be the it for this week's community spotlight. Sit back and relax. It's time for The Lore You Know. 
All right, time for some lore. And uh, we have our our winners, our keepers this week. I want to show you on the screen. We have one apprentice this week and we have two lore keepers this week. One returning from last week. So I'm very proud of that. Glad to see the, uh, the lore uh, folks are paying attention and growing. So the question last week was about the halflings. And the, the question was, what is the name of their home city? And that's Sorhirith. And the uh, second question was, what do they like to hunt? And the answer is wraiths. So I'm just going to read you the lore bit from the website that gives you those answers. So it says, the halflings make their home in Sorhirith, a winding, vertical, and peculiar city built amongst, amidst the massive tower oaks of Wild's End. Here you will find three primary branches of their people, the Escap, the Maiden Clan, and the Nothi, all living in relative peace, distinct but not segregated. The hollows and burrows mingle seamlessly with the titan trees, a testament to the halfling skill of adaptation. While most travelers are joyfully welcomed here, the instincts of the host race are sharper than the daggers beneath their cloaks. And then in another piece on the website, it says this, Their heritage as wraith hunters is dreadfully serious, however. To avenge the wrongs of Molths, they persecute his ilk in every crevice of Terminus, chasing whispers that the silent wraith smolders in secret somewhere among the realms. So there's your answers from last week. So now I got some new questions this week. And I, you know, I want to get more people involved in this. So yes, it's a, it's a little basic, but I, I think I was about to criticize to... you, but <laughs> come on guys, this is low hanging fruit. I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in you too. I want everybody to, I want to have a big graphic this week with lots of lore keepers. So the question is, number one, what is the current name of the planet players will adventure upon in Pantheon? The second question is, what is the current year of the planet in Pantheon? When we, at launch, when we all log in, what is the current year? So again, you can find your answers at pantheonmmo.com. You can check out the playlist on our channel here. Uh, Theric's Lore Library is the playlist that has many, many lore videos to catch up on. And then if you want to answer, you can leave a comment on the video or you can join our Discord, go into the channel, the lore you know, leave your answer there. And that is the lore you know. All right, so I want to congratulate our winners from our pledge giveaway. Whoever they are, whoever you are, congratulations. It's so awesome that we're able to do this and very much looking forward to the next time again when we can do this because it just makes so much, you know, our Sundays become fun and and a little frantic, but also fun. (laughs) Um, So if you want to pledge, all you got to do is contact me, Theric, via Discord. You can ping me on Discord. My DMs are open. You can email me uh, at theric at pantheon.plus. Um, and just as a sort of a PSA, I'll wait for you to contact me. So I'm not going to reach out to you. Don't be fooled by somebody oh, reaching out, pretending to be me. You know, yeah. there are scammers out there and somebody actually brought this to my attention. And I want to thank them for that because it's a good, it's a good reminder, you know, like people are be like, Hey, you, you know, just give me your information. I'll give you a prize. It's like, no, no, no. You contact me, yep. you know, that way I know, and I'll, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk and we'll make sure that we're all on the same page. So, uh, yeah, so there's that. And then, uh, yeah, just uh, say another great week. I know it's a light news week, so we, yeah. don't, uh, we didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of big things to talk about, Des, but uh, hopefully hopefully you were entertained. I know I was. Yeah, I feel like we got some really good discussions in there, in, you know, in spite of the light news. But um, yeah. it's one of those, uh, I don't want to say calm before the storm. I mean, it's already storming here. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we have this kind of break week, you know, semi-monthly, right? And... The amount of content that Pantheon, you know, the uh, Visionary Realms, I should say, is releasing, um, there's there's plenty. 
So it's almost nice. <laughs> it's almost enjoyable to have a break mm-hmm. week where we can, you know, catch up on community discussions because sometimes we don't have time and uh, and all that. So uh, thanks everyone for sticking around. Um, uh, again, congrats to the winners and um, appreciate you all. Yeah, absolutely. I second all that. And uh, so come back next week. Make sure to uh, leave a like on the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you're not already. Share the podcast with your friends on Twitter or on uh, wherever you want to share it is fine. And uh, with that, we'll say cheers and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter, and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers, and thanks for listening.